Let us pray together. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. It can be very frustrating when something is just out of reach. I have a problem in my study in that I haven't quite got things uh, ranged correctly here. So when the phone goes, and it's not one where you can walk around with, in other words, it's not a mobile, this one's wired, and you're talking to someone and you want something, and you get, you're reaching out, you just quite can't get there, and the phone ends up in the bin, and then they get cut off, and you have to put it back up again. And it is so frustrating when something, you're nearly there, you've almost got your hands on it, but you just can't get to it. And I guess there are times when all of us have that experience where something is just out of reach in our lives. Now, that's a fairly trivial example that I've given you compared to the refugees at the moment which are fleeing Syria or those who are in the jungle camp uh, in Calais. They're almost there, but just not quite. Where they want to go is just out of reach. And think about that earthquake. I don't know if you've seen the pictures in Taiwan. There they are trying to get the bodies out, and at some time they can hear voices, but they just can't get to the people they want to get to. It must be so frustrating. And think about polio. The eradication of polio is now at the point of 99%. We, we've just got one little bit to get before polio is actually eradicated in the world. We've just got to sort out the situation in Pakistan and Afghanistan to be able to help some of the world's most vulnerable children. The goal to give the vaccine to every child so future generations will be without the scourge of that disease in the world. Just about there, but not quite. And when you're faced with that situation, when something seems to be just out of reach, you can do one of two things. You can go on hoping, you can go on trying, or you can give up and you can say it's out of reach. I want to encourage you on the basis of tonight's uh, service and this uh, reading that we've just had to think about this reading, which is so rich in significance. I could preach a series on it, but we'll try and get through a few points in just a few moments. Because Mark's gospel gives us a, a few stories together. First of all, Jesus calming the storm in chapter 4, where he demonstrates his power over creation. And then that's followed by a very dramatic healing of a man who has a name, legion with evil spirits, the battle between good and evil, and Jesus again demonstrates his power to cast out evil. And afterwards, Jesus then returns to the other side of the lake, and all those crowds are gathering around him for all these things that he'd been doing. And then we have two much quieter events, they're personal events, very touching events, after those huge frenetic crowds. So first of all, there is the well-known prominent local man called Jairus, who was the president of the synagogue, 
who confidently and urgently demands Jesus' attention. He's a man who's used to uh, going and asking for things. But this wasn't an easy thing to do. He was urgently demanding Jesus' attention. He was begging for help, wondering whether his daughter was going to slip away from him and die and that she would be out of his reach and any help would be. And even though it was a difficult thing for him to go to Jesus, being who he was, he goes because he's desperate. He's reaching out because of his 12-year-old daughter. Please come. Place your hands on her so that she will get well and live. He reaches out to Jesus. And Mark's Roman readers would have been very surprised that such a man would come to Jesus at all, let alone do what he did, and was to fall at Jesus' feet. Can you imagine it? But where else could he go? It seemed that everything else was out of his reach. He was grasping for a solution. He probably heard about Jesus demonstrating his power over creation, evil spirits, maybe sickness as well. Could this be the person? He just wanted Jesus to bless her health and give her life. And then Jesus goes off with him. The crowd came too and en route interrupted. And then we get to our second character, the unnamed woman. I think that's very significant. An outcast from society who came up behind him in the crowd and reached out and touched his cloak. She'd had an illness for 12 years, very significant because it was the same length of time she'd lived as that woman had suffered from, uh, uh, sorry, the same length of time that the girl had lived, that she had suffered from bleeding. And it had made her richly unclean, according to Leviticus 15. Her complaint had defeated the physician. She'd been to all the doctors. They'd come up with all their ideas. She'd spent all her money as well. It says she was penniless. She'd tried everything. But a a cure was just, just out of reach. And according to Jewish law, anything that she touched then became unclean. Hence her timidity in reaching out and touching Jesus. And yet, she didn't give up. She had courage. She had faith. She reached out. She was a so, social outcast, but she wasn't hopeless. And perhaps hearing about Jesus, those stories had revived her hope. And so she comes from behind with that faith that just by reaching out to touch the garment of Jesus, she may be made well. I think it's wonderful that despite all those people pressing in him at that moment, it's almost quite comical in a sense, that at once Jesus knew someone had touched him. The disciples would have thought, well, of course someone's touched you. Look at all these people around. But he knew that the power had gone from him. And what's more, he wanted to know who it was who touched him. And even though he was on his way to see Jairus' daughter, someone was dying, he gave that 
unnamed woman time and attention. And obediently, she came before him with trembling and fear and embarrassment, I should think, because he'd singled her out in a sense by asking her to come forward. But she knew she'd been healed. And out of obedience, she came. And he says, daughter, she's not unnamed anymore. She is his daughter. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace, freed from your suffering. She's not a nobody. She's a daughter. She's a healed daughter now. In Mark 2, verse 17, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. I don't know why you're here this evening. You may have just come to worship. You may have come with some need in your heart. You may have felt that you're not worthy of Jesus' attention. You may feel you're just a nobody, that you've just come in the congregation. Nobody is a nobody to our Lord. You are all deeply loved and noticed as well. What happens next? Well, we don't know the reasons. It could have been because of the delay, because Jesus had spent time, we're not sure. But Jesus doesn't get there in time, and Jairus' little girl dies. And can you imagine he's distraught at that fact? He must have felt pain so deep. It says she was 12 years old, 12 years in a day, you became a woman. She had just become at that point where her life was so full of potential and womanhood. And there he was, he lost his daughter. No prominence in the synagogue can make up for the fact that he was losing something so precious to him, he had nothing. And yet Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe. In other words, it's not out of your reach. And there's an interesting thing in this, these passages with fear and belief. He has this fear, and so does the woman who comes timidly, and yet Jesus highlights belief. Not that it's faith that does the healing, it's the power of Jesus that heals, but in some way faith unlocks the channel of healing. Your faith has healed you. Don't be afraid, just believe. And so he goes to uh, the house. Uh, Peter, James, and John go with him. There's a scene of grief and mourning, which you'd expect. Probably professional mourners, as Jairus was an important, no doubt, wealthy person, but genuine grief as well. And so, in that context, Jesus asks, and <laughs> it seems ridiculous in one sense, why are you crying? Why the tears? She's only sleeping, and the disciples laugh. Well, Jesus then says, give her something to eat. After he'd taken her hand, he touched her. Little girl, I say, get up. And she does. Immediately, she is restored. And here it is, a story of restoration. People who... What they wanted seemed to be out of their grasp. Suddenly, something is possible because they reach out 
in the right direction. And touch is so very important in these stories. Please will you come and put your hands on her, says Jaira. If I just touch his clothes, says the woman. Healing here comes through touch. And they could have felt that Jesus was just too far away from them, like we sometimes do. But Jesus was present. And we call it the incarnation, that God has invested himself in the creation amongst the crowds, in this sinful, broken, dirty, corrupt world. And he comes to bring transformation and healing and change. And he reaches out to others that nobody else would touch as well. Even those who disagreed with him, he reached out to them. And what's more, if they decided to reject him and walk away, then his arms were still were open in embrace, as he tells us in the parable, just as the Father is waiting for us to return to him. Jesus was full of compassion and forgiveness. There's a reading in Acts 17 which echoes something that Martin said uh, this morning, where it says, Paul writes, from one man he has made all nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did not do this, that they would seek him and patch reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. God is within reach through Jesus. In Rome, uh, I found the Sistine Chapel uh, in tremendously moving when we went, and there's that famous uh, uh, painting on the ceiling, and it includes the portrayal of creation with God depicted as touching Adam. You know the, the, the picture, I'm sure uh, you recognize it. And for me, that's a really powerful image of the Jesus, of the God who can be reached out to, and the God who's reaching out to us too. And when there is that connection, there's something tremendously powerful that happens. And yet, the hand that is reached out to us is nailed upon a cross. So often, even when Jesus does reach out to us, we want to do things our way. And when we come to take bread and wine, we remember how the hands that came to heal were pinned upon a cross, but never gave up loving, never gave up being open in embrace. So as you come to this service this evening, I would like you to think about those things that you've been praying for. You might feel in your heart of hearts, that these things are out of reach. And you wonder whether, as you're praying, it's just wishful thinking. Well, we don't know how God answers our prayers. But I do know that when Jesus sees people reach out, he's already reaching out to you. And somehow, there is a connection. 
as you reach out to him and he reaches out to you and there is that embrace and somehow his healing purposes can come about, sometimes as we hope for, sometimes in other ways. But I encourage you tonight to remember he's not out of reach. He's here. And some way, as we lay hands on you, if that's appropriate in your situation, it's not the hands of the congregation. It's symbolic of the hands of God reaching out to you. If you like, our faith, your faith, unlocking the channel of God's healing Holy Spirit. And as we come to pray, it may be that you've not come with prayers of your own. Can we just give a thought to those around the world, whether it be to do with disease in the world or refugees or it's to do with any of the things I've mentioned, Taiwan, can we remember others who tonight are reaching out that somehow God may connect with them? In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing, Heal us, Emmanuel, hear our prayer.